Harris went all in. All in. Heard the term a million times last week when they picked up Chris Archer and Keon Kella. All in it. All the chips were moved to the center of the table. They had finally gotten it right. They finally showed their commitment as an ownership group, as a front office. The players had gotten the cardboard owner in the corner of the clubhouse to strip off the last piece of clothing. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden today here on 105.9 The X. And I hope you can join me for what I think will be a, a rather different kind of conversation about the Pirates today and throughout this show. At the bottom of this hour, I'll be joined by Lance Lysowski, beat writer who's out there covering the Pirates in Denver. But for the first half hour, we're going to take your calls at 412-333-9939. And we're going to do it, ideally, that's up to you, on this subject. Did the Pirates really go all in, or did they just win a big perception battle, not to mention a rare win in that category. When the trade deadline was happening, I kind of got the sense around Pittsburgh, and this isn't to compare the two events, except in terms of the type of anticipation, if not the scope. Remember when the Penguins were waiting on those lottery balls? And it was going to be either them or Anaheim or the other teams that were in the mix for Sidney Crosby. There's such a buildup. There's such hype for it. And you have a chance to be the best team out of this group in a completely different category that's away from the scope, the field of competition. And in the trade deadline area, the Pirates haven't ever even been really a player, never mind the star. So as the trade deadline's morphing along, as you're hearing different names come up, there's Chris Archer. Well, there's Chris Archer. Look, Chris Archer's still out there. And the Pirates had already made a move that was surprising to most people in getting Kella from the Rangers. That happened many hours earlier. But now it's Archer. Now there's just a handful of teams. And you hear some of the names of the teams coming out. So-and-so report says this. So-and-so from Baltimore says the Pirates are out on this guy from the Orioles. Well, what about Archer? Well... Here are the teams that are in on Archer, and it's now it's a horse race, and it's very exciting. And you're thinking, man, if the Pirates pull this off, it's going to be okay to like them again. It's going to be okay to respect, at least a little bit, at least for the day, this front office and this ownership that I can't stand. This is going to be great. And then it happens. And then it it happens, and the clouds part, and the angels are singing, and they got Chris Archer. You don't look at his 4.5 ERA. You don't look at anything. You don't. He's just, he's the guy. He's the one everyone wanted, and we got him, and it's great, and it's fantastic, and it's okay for me to be a Pirates fan again. It's now cool. I don't have to be mocked by my friends for it, my coworkers. I might actually buy a ticket for the first time this season because they got Chris Archer. I don't actually even really know all that much about Chris Archer, but they've been talking about him all day, and he's great. So that happens, and then immediately, 
people in my line of work start using the term all in because people like me have been writing for years that they never really went all in and oh, this was this was it man they did it why did they do it who did they give up we don't care they went all in that's all that matters but is that what really happened is that the motivation behind what the pirates did how much did they go all in yes giving up austin meadows was significant. Some will argue that it was too much. Giving up Tyler Glass now is not something to be sneezed at. The Rays have used him in two starts already, and he's done okay. He certainly has the talent. We've known that forever. Whether or not he can put it together, whether or not a different pitching coach can figure him out, that's a separate issue. So from the prospect standpoint, yeah. I mean, they did way more than they have in the past in giving those guys up. But the concept of all-in, to me, involves a couple of things. One, that there's some kind of major money commitment. Because realistically, let's not kid anybody. Until the Pirates show that they're all-in financially, they're not all-in on anything. And I don't know how many people realize this, because you also heard among all the giddiness that followed this, that, oh, they're finally spending some money. This is it. They're finally doing the right thing. They're fine. They they added an additional two point nine million to the payroll this season. Do you realize that? Does anybody realize that two point nine million? That's half of Sean Rodriguez's salary. If you really want to get to it, okay. Two point nine million was what they added. Bear in mind, this is a franchise that is still sitting on a fifty million dollar check. That's either all crinkled up in the back of Bob Nutting's pocket or has been deposited somewhere safely in Switzerland, but it's not gone into player payroll. So there's your all-in financially. The other aspect of all-in, and this is the one that I think has gotten the most distorted, and not even from a negative standpoint, but from a giddiness standpoint, that they went all-in on 2018 that because they had the 11-game winning streak, they said, this is the team. This is the one we're going to build toward and go get the World Series. They had no such inclination. If you want to talk about what actually pointed toward them being serious about 2018, there's one thing and one thing alone to look at, and that's that they didn't dump the veterans. That's it. They could have moved probably should have moved, if you think about it from a long-term standpoint, David Freeze or Josh Harrison, uh, Jordy Mercer, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. All those guys are still in the clubhouse. All those guys are still with the team. That was your actual all-in move for 2018. Chris Archer is going to be a pirate through the 2021 season. That's what made that a good move. I'm not criticizing them for the nature of the moves here. I think it's an even better move than people give it credit for, but I think it gets distorted into being all in. Kayon Kella is going to be with the Pirates through 2021. These guys are under team control for four more years. That's a long time in pitching years. That's why they made this move. 
the fact that they're able to benefit from it from a PR standpoint, unwittingly maybe, is a side thing. They didn't get these guys to be all in. They got these guys because they're going to have them for the next four years. If you think for one second that they would have traded Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now for guys just to help them in 2018, that's beyond delusional. But that's what I've been getting from, from people left and right. Not everybody, but from people who I think more or less follow the Pirates kind of casually. So where does that lead you? Pirates win 11 in a row, and then in their next 11 games, these past 11, they've only won four. They're now four and seven, including a really lousy 2 nothing loss last night in Denver. How do you get shut out at Coors Field? You put a Fed League team in Coors Field, they're going to at least pop a couple of runs. So you look at that and you go, oh, no, they made these trades for nothing. They did this for nothing because they went all in, and now they're struggling, and they're way behind in the wild card race, and it looks very unlikely, and it looks like the trades were just for, for zero gain, and it's just not the case. If you're going to praise the Pirates, praise them for the right thing. If you're going to criticize them, criticize them for the right thing. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. What do you think? Do you think that these trades were done as some sort of all-in thing, or do you think it was something else? Let me hear from you. 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Super genius, how are you? Terrific. Is porn stars practice? Nope, they never have sex unless it's on video. The X at 105.9. The Pirates went all in last week. That's what we're talking about here. The concept that they went all in on their trades. I've made my feelings known about it in the opening segment. We'll go over those again. I want to hear from you in this segment, 412-333-9939. Stephen Burgettstown, you're on 105.9 The X. Why did they, did they, did they in fact go all in? And if they did, why did they make these moves? DK, thanks for taking the call. I got a better idea than, uh, you know, the idea that the Pirates went all in. I think you take a look at attendance two years ago, we're at 28,000 a game. Last year, 23,000 a game. This year, what are they at? A little over 18,000 and some change. Nutting is a very smart man. He's a businessman. He's a good businessman. And he knows he can't let the negative momentum carry all the way through this second half into the offseason and again into spring training next year where the fan base will go even further. And you're going to see a decline. I'm not a math expert, but I'll tell you what. That looks like they had a decline in attendance over 20% in one year. And that's a fan base checking out because that's a fan base that has been used and abused and taken advantage of. Well, I agree. doesn't care about winning a title. Yeah, I agree with you on the latter part. But I'm gonna if you're going to be specific... And stay with me on this about attendance. Uh, I'm going to throw out here that attendance is actually a. No one likes to hear this because they like to think that staying home is like really sticking it to them. It, attendance is not a significant part of their revenue. It just isn't. Uh, it's even in a, whether it's good times or bad, because because it's it's all perception. So if you're talking about fans are staying home, meaning fans are ticked off, uh, I'm with you. And if it's if it's the impact on next year for season tickets for group sales, which is when tickets are actually sold, again, I'm with you. However, 
it's a really small part of what they get. Let me ask you, what do you think might have been the real underlying motivation? Because it sure as heck wasn't just to put a few additional fans in the seats. I mean, that's, that's going to be your opinion, DK. I respect you. You've got a lot of experience in the, in, the, in the entire industry in Pittsburgh. You're definitely a trusted voice on the matter. I mean, my, my opinion stands. I think you're looking at a team that you can't tell me that Chris Archer is better than Garrett Cole. You can't. You can't tell me that. I'm not going to agree to that. So how do you get an upgrade right. in that position when you get rid of him a year before and you bring in this right. guy? Right. There's no question. I, I'm, we're actually not disagreeing as, as much as you're suggesting. There's no question they did this in large part in order to alter a perception. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Walt in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. Yeah, hi there, Dan. Hi, Walt. Yeah, that's what I was to talk about with the fans because when it, when you watch TV shows, when you see a minimal amount of people in the stands, that doesn't uh, do good for the Pirates and the major league TV stations. They don't want to bring us on TV because we don't have a fan base, and it's all they did. It's all okay. Fans. Again, you have the same. You have this. You're on the right track the way Steve is, but you're at the wrong result. Okay, they don't. Per, the perception of attendance does matter. But your answer as to why it matters is incorrect. Why would they care whether they're on national TV or not? What do they get out of that? Ah, uh, they're just a bigger head. I mean, nah, this isn't about bigger heads. It's about bigger wallets. Why would they actually care about people being in the seats? I'm, I'm going to challenge people to try to come up with the right answer here. Four one two three 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 nine nine three nine. Think about it, Walt. Why do they yeah. really want fans in the seats? Um, just to make it look good, I guess. But for what? You're right. But for what? Come on, ride with me on this. Oh, um, they're uh, um, they're makes them feel good. Makes them. Feel oh, like you're come on, Walt. You're getting there, man. Makes them feel like they got a great fan base. It makes them feel like they like they they ha- they are a team. Of- Who do they really need to convince that they've got a great fan base and that people love them? Who is it that they really need to convince of that right now? No, you're, you're I'm telling you, Walt. I love you, man, but you were really you're this close. Let's go to Joe in the car and see if he can pull it off. Go ahead, Joe. You're on 105.90X. Why do the Pirates? Why would they be interested in getting more fans in the seats? I wasn't necessarily calling about fans. In yeah, the I seats. know, but I want you to answer it anyway. Come on. Okay, um, I, I don't think I, I agree with you. I don't think they care about fans in the seats. They do. Uh, they do. But why? I. For the minute, I think it's a minimally minimally significant number, and I wanted to say that um, I, I think they made all four trades we're speaking of because they were good baseball trades, um, and, and I think that they've stuck to that more than people think. Um, you could point to the limited budget that they always operate on, which is standard and certainly a gripe. But really, looking back. You know, Andrew McCutcheon has not had a great year in San Francisco. He's actually getting um, outperformed by Gorky Hernandez. That doesn't mean he was. That doesn't mean that there was a good trade. You don't look at the other end of it. You have to. You have to get real value in return as it relates to what you would have gotten from for Andrew McCutcheon from somebody else. That's that's how you evaluate a trade like that. Let's go to Mark and Carnegie. You're on 105.9 The X. Why why do the Pirates actually want fans in the seats right now? Why did they do this? Well, from what I hear, it's because their TV contract's about to be up. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! We have some dings, Bob. Yes! (laughs) Dings! Yes! Yes! What else? Keep, keep, now you're on a roll here. 
Uh, and the contract with PNC Parks about to be up. Yes! Double dings, double dings here. Here we go. Woo! That's it. This is that, why. This is where the real money is. Exactly. I think also they're afraid of losing the clubhouse also. I think that's I think that's a real concern. Um, and, and obviously we're not talking about money when we talk about that. But when you're trying to create... Um, or purport to create a baseball culture, and you see that your guys are out there on the field winning 11 in a row, and your manager and your coaching staff are getting it done, and then you just up and pull the plug on them, and they've done that in the past. They did it in 2016. And you just, whatever, to what they're doing, that hurts everything across the board. It, not just the public perception, but it does hurt on the inside. But yes, your broader point... Your broader point, you nailed it. The television contract with AT&T Sportsnet, which is terrible, it's one of the worst in the industry, negotiated by Frank Coonley, is almost up. The naming rights to the stadium, a lot of people don't realize this. PNC Park has a 20-year deal. Those are currently being negotiated. That's a big, big, big chunk of money, potentially, whether it's PNC or anybody else that ends up with that. That's why the Cole and Kutch moves at the time that they happened blew me away. Not because we found out that the Pirates were cheap, but because it was so counterintuitive from a business sense. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I appreciate the call, Mark. Let's go to Mark in the car. You're on 105.9 EX. Uh, DJ, is the, are the Pirates making their, uh, their business decisions based on convincing MLB that they're serious about baseball in Pittsburgh and that they're trying to build their brand image and, and increase the value of the franchise? Okay, well, let's take one of those things at a time. You're talking about the Players Union, the grievance about spending? Yep. yep. Okay, the Players Union's grievance about spending, and I, I spoke with Tony Clark, the union head, about this directly in Bradenton back in March. It's specifically 100% about the fact that there wasn't any free agent spending. Okay, the fact that their payroll went down, other teams' payrolls went down, that's not the beginning and end. The Pirates were the only team in all of baseball that spent literally not one penny, not one penny on free agency. So adding Archer and Kella doesn't address that. Besides, it also doesn't really address the money thing, as I mentioned earlier, because all Archer and Kella added to the payroll, both of them combined, was $2.9 million for the current year. Uh, but... What what does the piece of uh, from revenue sharing come into play at? It it really doesn't. It it just doesn't. They don't have to convince anybody of anything. Major League Baseball's revenue sharing formula is automatic and built in. It's not based on some kind of appeal or where you're going and begging for a piece of the pie. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, I appreciate the call. Let's go to Tom downtown. You're on 105.9X. Tom, watch out for Thanks, these man. Taylor Swift fans, man. They are flooding Parkway West. Heading your direction. Uh, hey, Dan, did you get your answer that you were looking for? I, I want to hear it from you, too, Tom. You, okay, uh, because they have a local TV contract coming up. And the stadium naming rights. As and, long as yeah. we're all on the same page here, it doesn't have to do with more people in the seats because that doesn't account for that much more revenue with all due respect to the people who are paying customers at PNC Park and everything else like that. This is about the bigger money. They needed right. to somehow turn the tide of perception 
about this, and they did. Now, the fact that they also additionally made good baseball moves, which these are, I'm keeping that as an independent discussion here. The fact that they also did that is great, but let's at least understand why they did it. Well, they're, they're not in it just for this year. You're absolutely right. They have three years of control over two absolutely. good pitchers. And, you know, this is young pitching staff that's just going to keep developing. Yeah, I think but as long as everybody was going to as long as everybody was going to chime in with, all in, woo-hoo, yay, way to go. <laughs> you think the Pirates were going to tamp that down? And go, well, actually, that's really not why we did this. Uh, right, right. I appreciate the call, Tom. It, it's so much of, of, of the stuff that we discuss is – is perception versus reality. But you know what wins almost every single time is perception. Funny how that works. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Lance Lysowski, who's out in Denver with the Pirates, and will be able to give us the latest on them, including that really lousy loss last night, 2 nothing to the Rockies at Coors Field of all places. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. He don't do nothing but win. He just knows how to win. Super G, loud and proud. He is horrible. He is terrible. The X at 105.9. The Pirates have lost seven out of their past 11 since that 11-game winning streak, including a 2 nothing dud last night in Denver. Out there, covering the Pirates for DKPittsburghSports.com is Lance Lysowski. Are you there with us, Lance? I am here. Always good to join you. Thanks, man. What about the bats? Did they make the trip? I, I, on one hand, Kyle Freeland, the Rocky starter, pitched extremely well, much better than he did against them. It's back Coors in April. Field. It's but Coors yeah, it's Field. Coors Field. It was weird though last time. I mean, you, they, they made some hard contact. Fly balls are just dying. I don't know what it was. I don't think it was the wind. You know, based on you know just looking at the forecast, but balls weren't flying like they typically do. Even the Rockies didn't have a lot of hard hit balls, even though there were some fly balls of the outfield that they got a hold of uh, on Joe Musgrove. So, well, right, and but, and absolutely nobody who's who's listening right now wants to hear anything related to why the Pirates would get zero runs at Coors Field because they just want to see results, and I'm sure the Pirates yeah. do too. And there's some frustrated players offensively, aren't there, right now? Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of a lot of guys have gone cold at once. Even Polanco, Marte, they're both in an 0 for 14 skid. Dickerson just came off the DL, and it seems like it's going to take him some time to get back to where he was. The only person that's really been hitting is Jordy Mercer. You look at his numbers the last couple of weeks. Other than that, though, they got some guys who are really trying to find answers at the plate. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about one guy who has been hitting really well lately. He didn't start last night, but that's Adam Frazier. Um, I had a discussion with Adam Sunday at PNC Park about some adjustments that he's made to his approach based on a, a photograph that his dad sent him up from Georgia, and he's just killing the ball. Let's, oh, yeah. let's say that if if you're Clint Hurdle and you want to get the best guys out there, and I'm going to wait for all the laughter to die down after I say that, I'm sure what the perception is of that comment, uh, is, is Frazier a guy that has to be on the field right now or freeze? Do you just have to go with the hottest hands regardless of who you offend? I, I think you do, and as much as Adam Frazier's defense can can be a liability at second base, there's ways to get around that. They've they've shifted more in recent weeks, and I haven't seen really poor defense from him at second base so far. He can play left field because you know they're going to monitor Dickerson's workload, and, and Freeze just he's he's crushing the ball while Colin Moran is having yet another slump. So 
you got to look for offense where you can get it. Josh Harrison isn't hitting right now. You know, that, I think that right now, that's why they went out and they got a Danny Hechevarria, another option to play the middle infield. But Frazier, the way he's hitting the ball, I know there was a lefty on the mound last night that led to the decision. But you got to have your guys, you know, the guys who are hitting have to play. You're well, in a slump right now, and you're falling out. You're falling down the standings pretty fast. Well, what's the outlook that you get right now from Clint, from the coaching staff, as it relates specifically to third base? Because Colin Moran, I, look, I, I've been anything but a basher of Moran. I think I think he's been a pleasant surprise in a lot of ways uh, as a 25-year-old rookie. Uh, but he hasn't gotten it done, and some of the more advanced metrics will show that he's actually been one of the worst everyday third basemen in baseball. Uh, when he can when, when he can get to the ball, he can make the play. I mean, the, the, oh no, no, I'm sorry. I meant offense. I meant I meant purely offensively here for the purposes of this discussion. Yeah, the, the offense hasn't been there. He's not hitting for power the way that they had expected, and he is a rookie. But the way that David Freeze is playing, you have to play him every day. The defense is just outstanding. The bats showing up against lefties and right-handers. And, and Mark Moran's been pretty good as a pinch hitter. So I think right now the Pirates feel pretty good about having Freeze play most days. Moran coming in as a pinch hitter when he needs to, and when Freeze needs a day off. I mean, as much as I know Clint Hurdle was criticized for not starting Freeze on Sunday. Wasn't available. Even, yeah. yeah. Uh, aside from the, from the forearm injury, he has had a history of injuries in the past, so they can't play him every day like they did in years past. I mean, you know, Clint Hurdle even said it, and David Freeze said it last year, that they need to be smart about how much they play him. So they need more out of Colin Moran when he's on the field. Yeah, and to support the point about Moran, he has zero extra base hits since July 9, no home runs since July 1. Uh, that's a heck of a the drought. Problem. Yeah, that's a heck of a drought for a corner position on the diamond. Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com is my guest from Denver. Lance is the... Is the pitching staff on a positive note here? Now, Joe Musgrove, again last night, pitched really well, and we'd all be talking about him if the Pirates had done anything at all offensively. Uh, he's had four good starts. Some other guys, although Trevor Williams had the hiccup the other day, has been solid. Uh, is the pitching staff starting to find itself a little bit? Absolutely. And I think that Musgrove might be the most pleasant surprise of the season you know, for the Pirates in the hmm. front office. For as bad as he was in the rotation last year for Houston, I mean, he's done extremely well the second and third time through the order, you know, except for that one time when he was pitching to the eighth inning at PNC Park and got dinged with that basis. Play, basis yeah, play, that wasn't on him. Play. I mean, that, that yeah. one's much more on Hurdle than on him. Uh, that, that's when that's you, fair. Exactly. When you take a closer look at the numbers, he's been outstanding. I think Chris Archer will be much better this time around now that he has that whole first start in a Pirates uniform out of the way. Tyone's been really good the last 11 or 12 times out. Nova's the only one that you're wondering, you know, what what's the key there? What's what's he have to do to be more consistent and stop giving up such hard contact? That group's trending in the right direction though. And now they have depth in the my in, in AAA as the turn to if an injury pops up, Chad Cool's gonna be coming back soon. So right now that's might be the least of their worries. <laughs> no, I, I I could see that. Did they get in in part, uh, Kayon Kella, although they do have his rights obviously for another four years, did they get him in large part to just kind of try to address uh, the gap between the starters and Felipe Vasquez? because I, And I say that, I mean, I understand that aspect of it's Captain Obvious, but I mean, the idea that they would just say, look, we know our starters are going to be inconsistent, so here's a way to do that without necessarily adding a second or third starter. It absolutely addresses some of their issues in middle relief. I know now they don't have Peralta on their roster. Glass now is gone. He's in Tampa. 
But now Richard Rodriguez can pitch multiple innings. Edgar Santana can pitch multiple innings. It just really helps with depth, and it, it provides insurance with Vasquez. I mean, it was only – I know he's been really good the last couple of months, but May wasn't too long ago, and he was really bad in May. And there was that injury scare where he was grabbing his forearm, and if they lost him, I don't know what that bullpen looks like. Kyle Kirk's not ready to be a closer. Right now, that group's set up really nicely for next year. Now you only need – you know, if you want to grab a long man and you need to get a middle reliever in free agency or, hey, there's moves being made this month, that's much easier than going out and trying to find a player like Kella who has experience closing and doing things in multiple situations in a big league bullpen. Lance, what are they going to do about this bench? I, right now, you you have three guys on that bench that are under the Mendoza line, uh, two of them who are miles under it. Like the Mendoza would have looked like Babe Ruth next to them. <laughs> That's uh, why they got Hechevarria, who's a really good defender, who, uh, who's going to play he, more than people anticipate. And he, he's and decent. I mean, at least a decent career figures. Not not spectacular, obviously, but for a shortstop batting around two fifty, he, he, again, he's going to look like Babe Ruth next to Jose Osuna, Sean Rodriguez, and Jordan Luplo. Absolutely, they're going to have to make a roster move here again. I, th- I thought that they should have grabbed an outfielder. At the deadline, there were a few different guys out there, like Cameron Maben, who could have been an upgrade as a backup outfielder. But the thing that they like so much is having that versatility. Adam Frazier can play pretty much all three outfield positions. They don't like him in right field as much as they do the other two. If Sean Rodriguez is on this roster beyond today, which it doesn't look all that great, he's got versatility to play in multiple positions. But it comes down to production at the plate. And now yes, it does. Is, and now that Freeze is needed in the starting lineup with Josh Bell still out and who knows when Josh Bell is going to be back, although it looks like it's going to be in the next week or so. Their depth has definitely taken a hit. No soon has proven not to be capable of being a major league contributor right now, and neither is Jordan Luplo. So they've got to figure something out, and they, they might have to make a roster move to do it. What's the mood right now, Lance? You're out there. We're not. What's 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 this? The, the This team has really not let bad spurts get it down over the course of the year. And is that still the case? Because this is a different kind of deflation. This is after everybody got all fired up and excited, you know, bringing Archer and Kella in. There seems to be a different level of focus because there is a sense of urgency. They're running out of time. They know what the schedule looks like. This is a, They've got a lot of road games left on the on the schedule. What, 30 out of the last 49 are on That's the right. road? That's right. Yep. A couple of 10-game road trips against really good teams, including the ones in their their own division. So they got to figure some things out. And you could tell last night that they were bummed out that they weren't able to do anything offensively when Joe Musgrove, who they loved playing behind, gave them that type of performance. You know, they, you can't blame the pitching this time. I mean, the offense needs to step up for as good as it was in that 11-game stretch. When it's bad, it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been the thing more than anything else here. Jamison Tyone is on the mound tonight. You mentioned, Lance, that he's been really good of lately. He's also growing up, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, and again, he's looking like a frontline starter. He yep. had that slider in May. And it's just on wonders. Yeah. He's no longer that sinker. He doesn't have to rely on that two-seam fastball to get weak contact. Or the curve, content. right, the trademark yeah, the curve. curve. You know, that, that way he was kind of a two-pitch guy more more often than not. And when the curveball doesn't work, which it doesn't work sometimes, it just doesn't, now he has other weapons. He's able to find answers. And he's so cerebral when it comes to just studying pitch sequences, seeing how that slider plays off his fastball. Really, really like Joe Musgrove in that regard. Really good. He's been outstanding. And how you have Chris Archer, Musgrove. Again, the pitching is just the least of their issues at the moment after what Neil Huntington did at the deadline. Lance Lysowski covers the Pirates for DKPittsburghSports.com. He joined us 
from out in Denver. Appreciate the time, Lance. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to be taking more of your calls on why the Pirates actually made these two trades. Was it because they wanted to quote-unquote go all in? Let's hear from you, 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yada, 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 yada. You know what, Mark? I got a hot time, and I was wondering if you give me some advice. Do you have any idea how dumb that sounds? The X at 105.9. I got to admit, I'm distracted here. We have a TV monitor in here that has NHL Network on, and they're showing game six between Penguins and the North Stars. I don't know when's the last time I saw this in its full version. Like, you recognize a lot of the highlights in, from the, the videos that you watched over the years, uh, one from the heart. I, I get you got to do like the, the the narrator voice from the time. It's it's just jarring to watch how different hockey was then, and that's not to take anything away from anybody either the Pittsburgh or the Minnesota guys. Obviously, the Pittsburgh team was unbelievably stacked, but it's just so free flowing. There's not a defensive system in sight. Anyway. Don't watch that. Listen to this show. <laughs> this segment of the Mark Madden Show is sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. We've been taking your calls on why the Pirates made the trades that they did last week. And I think that's a fair thing to be assessing right now, considering, you know, they've gone 4-7 and seven since that 11-game winning streak. Matt and McCandless, you're on 105.9 X. Yeah, uh, I was just calling in to get your opinion. I was at the game on uh, Sunday, and I was just wondering, did Clint Hurdle not get the message that I guess we were trying to win? Because with one out to go, we put Sean Rodriguez in there to pinch hit. Who would you have batted? Who would you have batted in that situation, Matt? Literally anyone else. Okay, but who? Who who (laughs) would you have batted that was available? I don't have the... The sheet in front okay, of me I'll, I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> he was the last bat. He was the very last uh, bat. I mean, there's, there's not, there's no, there's no drama to this. David Freeze uh, was not available, and I think a lot of the fans, uh, including those inside the stadium, like yourself, who didn't know, I didn't know. I was up in the press box, and I didn't find out until I asked Clint Hurdle after the game. Uh, myself, where was David Freeze in particular? Because Freeze had been the hot hand. Freeze was not available because of an injury. And I know there's some people that are rolling their eyes at that because he hit a home run Saturday and he started again last night. The athletic training staff deemed him off limits. Plain and simple. There's no uh, conspiracy going on here. When Todd Tomzik and the athletic training staff says, you're not playing today, the, neither the player nor the manager has the singular right to overrule them. That has to go up to Neil Huntington. So they said Freeze isn't playing that day because they felt he needed a day for the bruised forearm to go down. So everyone picks on Sean Rodriguez. I get that. He's been horrendous. But a lot of things went wrong that day. And everyone just focuses on Sean Rod because whatever, you know? Yeah, I'm just wondering why he's even dressing. Like, we can't pull someone... Well, now you're getting... now, But now you're going running. after a cause rather than a symptom. If you want to talk about... Why did Hurdle use Jordan Luplo in the fifth inning with guys at first and third? Remember, with one out, they looked like yeah. they had a rally going? Oh, yeah. The, what's the real question there? The real question is, 
what in the blue hell is Jordan Luplo doing in the major leagues? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. And what what is Jose Osuna batting 183 doing in the major leagues? What's Sean Rod doing in the majors still batting 161? I mean, if you want to get into what's wrong with these things, it's not Hurdle's usage. It's the fact that he's got three guys on his bench all batting a buck 83 or less. That's not on the manager. That's on the GM. I appreciate the call. When we come back, we're going to take more of your calls at 412-333-9939. It's just a 30-second break. So we'll get to you right after that. I'm Dan Kovacic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X.